Jesus, Savior, pilot me over life's tempestuous sea. Unknown waves before me roll, hiding rock and treacherous shore. Chart and came from thee, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. As a mother steals her child, thou canst hush the ocean wild, boisterous waves obey, that you've enjoyed the good music. And now the Lord is going to bless us as we study his word. My father, HMS Richards, is bringing to us now the Bible subject, Who is This Man? More than 1,900 years ago, there appeared in this world a man called Jesus. He claimed to be the son of the living God, sent on an errand of great importance to us. His life here was most remarkable. Very few people now doubt that there was such a man, that he actually lived in Palestine, that he was crucified in the days of Pontius Pilate. Who was this man? He claimed not only to be the Son of God, but the Messiah or Christ, long expected by the people of Israel and predicted in their ancient prophetic writings called the Old Testament. Since he fulfilled these prophecies in his life and work, it is our belief that he was the long-promised one the Christian church in its existence today proves that he not only lived, but that his power is still exerted in the world. We believe that he came into the world in the right way at the right time, did the right work, that he died in the right way, left the world in the right way, according to the prophets. This being so, he certainly was the true Messiah or Christ. He once himself asked this direct question, Whom say ye that I am? Who do you think I am? This same question comes to us today. On our answer hangs our eternal destiny. If we say he was an impostor, 
Our lives will indicate it. Our destiny will be affected accordingly. If we say and say truly, He was, He claimed to be the Son of God, Redeemer of the world, the Holy Christ of the prophets, our lives will be according to His teaching. The eternal future will be linked with His. Let us put to our hearts today this question, Whom say ye that I am? And let us do it as He Himself did. As beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. Luke 24, 27. So let us begin at Bethlehem. About 700 years before Christ, Micah the prophet predicted that the true Messiah would be born in the little town of Bethlehem. Here it is in Micah 5, 2. Out of thee shall come forth the one whose goings forth had been from of old, from the days of eternity. Well, where was he born? Turn to Matthew 2, 1. He was born in Bethlehem of Judea. It was Phillips Brooks, you remember, the great preacher from Boston who wrote, O little town of Bethlehem. That beautiful song is known all over the world. It was not in Rome, the capital of the world, not in Jerusalem, the capital of Judea, but in little Bethlehem that the Blessed Virgin heard the baby's cry. But this is not the only prophecy of his birth. He was to be born of a virgin, said the prophet Isaiah 7:14, and so he was, Matthew 1:18. How rapidly let us consider a few other prophecies that were written of him centuries before he came to this earth. It was predicted that during his infancy there would be bitter crying and wailing of mothers for their children. Jeremiah 31, 15. This was fulfilled when Herod sent for the bloody men to kill the little children of Bethlehem, two years old and under. Matthew 2, 16. It was predicted that the Son of God would be called out of Egypt. Hosea 11, 1. And Jesus was called out of Egypt after the death of Herod. He was to be preceded by one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, as we read in Isaiah 40 and 3, and so he was. John the Baptist, his own cousin, preached before him, Matthew 3. The very part of the country in which the true Messiah was to begin his work was the subject of prophecy, Isaiah 9. Jesus actually began his mighty preaching, healing, teaching, in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, where those who sat in darkness saw great light, Matthew 4, 12. The very time when the true Messiah, or Christ, would begin his public ministry was declared in the Scriptures, centuries before he was born. Now turn to Daniel's prophecy, the ninth chapter, the 25th verse. Listen carefully. 483 years from the going forth of the commandment of the king to restore and build Jerusalem from its destruction during the Babylonian captivity would reach to Messiah the prince. So it came to pass exactly that at the commandment which went forth in 457 B.C., the time began, and 483 years ended in A.D. 27. In that very year, our Savior was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. It was then that he received his heavenly anointing and benediction. It was then that he started his work, saying, The time is fulfilled. Read Mark 1.14. You see, he knew he was fulfilling this great time prophecy. The ministry of the true Messiah was to continue for three and a half years. And the ministry of Christ, which began in the autumn of A.D. 27, reached to the spring of A.D. 31 when he was crucified on Calvary's hill. It was foretold that the true Messiah would open the eyes of the blind. We read that in Isaiah 29:18. This Jesus did, as we read in Luke 18:36, that he'd unstop the deaf ears. We read of many of the miracles along this line in the New Testament that he would cause the lame to walk. This was fulfilled. And Jesus caused cripples to leap for joy. Read these prophecies in Isaiah 29, Isaiah 7, Isaiah 35. 
Many of the sick were brought to Jesus, and he healed them all, as we read in Luke 4 and the 40th verse, fulfilling Isaiah 53, 4. The prophet Isaiah seems clearly to point to the fact that the true Messiah would perform the astounding miracle of raising the dead, Isaiah 61, 1 and 42, 7. We know that Jesus did raise Lazarus and others from the dead, as we read in John 11. It had been predicted for centuries that he would ride into Jerusalem on a coat, Zechariah 9, verse 9. And this strange prophecy was fulfilled when Christ rode down the mountain and the disciples cried, Hosanna, as we found in Matthew 21. It was foretold that the true Messiah would be wounded in the house of his friends, Zechariah 13. Our Savior came to his own, and his own received him not, we're told in John the first chapter. And Judas, his familiar friend, betrayed him. It was predicted by the prophet Zechariah that the true Messiah would be sold for thirty pieces of silver, the price of a common slave, Zechariah 11:12, and this was exactly fulfilled in betrayal by Judas, Matthew 27. Isaiah prophesied that the true Messiah would be numbered with the transgressors. That's uh, the 53rd and the 12th verse, and he was crucified between two thieves. Some of these things we've mentioned before, and we want to make it so clear that everyone who has never before clearly looked at Jesus Christ as a fulfiller of the prophets will see that he is the true Messiah. The same prophet predicted that he would pray for his enemies, 12th verse of Isaiah 53. Now listen to the words of that wonderful prayer. As the world's Redeemer hung upon the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The prophet Daniel saw that the mission of the true Messiah would end by his being cut off or killed, Daniel 9:26. Jesus was crucified and died upon the cross, John 19, verse 18. The writer of the Psalms, written about a thousand years before Christ's birth, foretold that they would cast lots for his vesture or clothes. Psalms 22:18. So the four soldiers who crucified him did this very thing, as we read in John 19:23. And here's something very important. The very nature of the wounds that the true Messiah would receive were predicted by both the psalmist and the prophet Zechariah. Psalm 22:16 and Zechariah 12:10. Jesus' hands and feet and side were pierced at his crucifixion. Read all of that in John the 19th chapter. It was foretold that he would make his grave with the rich in his death, all fulfilled in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. He was buried. A thousand years before our Savior's death, it was written in the Psalms that the soul of the true Messiah would not be left in hell or Hades, the grave, nor should his flesh see corruption, Psalm 16.10. Our Savior was placed in the grave, but he arose the third day, as we read in Luke 24.21. There are other things connected with his atoning sacrifice for us which we should mention. He who is infinitely rich became poor that we might be made rich, Luke 9:58. As predicted in Zechariah 11:12, hundreds of years before the day of his crucifixion, the money for the betrayal of Jesus was to be used to buy a potter's field, and this actually took place, Matthew 27. This Messiah was to be cruelly mocked. This prediction was fulfilled painfully for Jesus. It was foretold that they would give him gall and vinegar to drink. This took place as he hung upon the cross. This, no doubt, was a stupefying drink that was given in kindness to those who were suffering the death sentence. Think of the wonderful things that happened in connection with his life. At his birth, angels appeared in the heavens, in the sight and hearing of the shepherds. A strange star brought the wise men to Jerusalem and led them to Bethlehem, where it remained over the house where he was born. Two godly persons, Simeon and Anna, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, testified to the fact that Jesus was the Son of God and said he was the Lord's Christ. At his baptism and also on the Mount of Transfiguration, a divine voice declared, This is my beloved Son, hear him. On the night of his betrayal, when Peter, who had so vehemently declared that he would never forsake his Lord, Jesus predicted that before the cock crew in the morning, Peter would deny him three times, and this took place, Luke 22. At our Savior's baptism, the Holy Spirit appeared in the form of a dove, by which sign John the Baptist knew him. One mightier than he, the Lamb of God, had appeared, the one who would come after him. Jesus himself predicted the manner of his own death. He declared it would be by crucifixion, Matthew 26, 2. This was, of course, literally fulfilled. Jesus Christ was not only the holy Messiah of the prophets of Israel, but he was a mighty prophet himself, mighty in word and deed. And when he, the Lord of glory, died on the cross, the earth shook, the rocks were rent, and the sun hid its face from his sight. He predicted he would rise again the third day. He did so arise, and thus fulfilled this prophecy. Scriptures are easily found prove all these statements. He was declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the dead, Romans 1, 4. There was an earthquake when our Savior died, another when the angel appeared and rolled away the stone from the sepulcher of his resurrection. When Jesus arose from the grave, a triumphant conqueror, many of the holy saints which slept arose and came out of their graves and appeared unto many. We read this in the 27th chapter of Matthew in the 52nd verse on the Mount of Olives, in the presence of a company of his disciples, our Savior ascended to heaven. He came from God and he went back to God, as we read in Acts, the first chapter and the ninth verse. He was glorified with the glory that he had with the Father before the world was, according to John seventeen five. Now, my friends, what do you say about him? Who was this man? Who is this man? Christ's question comes to you and to me. Whom say ye that I am? Are you ready to answer with your whole heart, as did one who saw him and heard him, and say, Thou art the Christ, Thou art the Messiah, the Son of the living God? Matthew sixteen sixteen. If you are, accept him right now as your own Savior, your eternal all, your Lord, and your Redeemer. It was Mrs. William Booth, the wife of the great founder of the Salvation Army and mighty man of God, who used to tell a beautiful story of a man whose saintly life made a deep impression upon her and upon many others. As this man grew older, he seemed to grow in grace and to become more and more like his Savior. At last he could speak of nothing but Jesus. It so happened that as he was dying, there was a document which imperatively needed his signature. He held the pen for a moment, signed the paper, and then fell back upon his pillow, dead. It was discovered that he had written not his own name, but the name which is above every name, Jesus. His mind was so filled with that holy name that he did not even think of his own. In the sight of eternity, that seemed to him to be the only name that mattered. He had written the name which was imprinted upon his own heart. And so we ask again the question, Who is this man? Who is this man who could so bless the human heart? Who is this man who could fulfill all the prophecies of the prophets of the Old Testament? Who is this man whose influence still lives in the world?
who still redeems and gives power in human lives? The answer is Jesus, your Savior and mine. Yes, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Jesus rose of Sharon, bloom within my heart. Beauties of thy truth and holiness impart. That wherever I go, my life may share in love. 